Hey, what's good, everyone? Welcome back to Straight to Ant. My name is Alex. Today's episode is the second half of our interview with our good friend Luke Jacob Thiessen. We've also got a new featured song for you at the end of today's episode brought to you by Luke himself. I'll post the link to his music and social media in the episode description and on our website, straighttoamp.com. Check it out. Check him out. Enjoy the episode. So I guess I actually had a question for you is like, um, you know, we talked about how it's, it's great that, that scenes kind of are able to interchange and commingle and mix, but how, how does a scene go about growing itself in, in a city, especially one as, as, as small as Winnipeg? How does the scene go about growing itself? Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, to me, like Winnipeg is blessed with, you know, like to me, it's the right size to be kind of an incubator city where there's like, there's enough people who like going to shows that it can sustain a scene. Um, but then at the same time, like we, Winnipeg has such a huge amount of musicians, like per capita. Yeah. Like, it's actually even like Statistics Canada and like Canada Revenue Agency will say that Winnipeg has more people who are legitimately employed as artists per capita than any other Canadian city. Yeah, I heard that too. Which I is like pretty amazing. Think that the, like the argument for that is a we have such cultural diversity in comparison to like a lot of the other frozen winter cities, right? Like that's true. Like in comparison to you know like any of the cities in Saskatchewan or Alberta, like we have such a huge cultural diversity, which lends itself to many different music styles. Yeah. And absolutely. then when the winter hits, like what are you going to do, right? Like you either yeah. you either play hockey or you play <laughs> music. Yeah, you, <laughs> you retreat into your basement. You yeah. fire up the tube amps. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, and I think like. The, the way that that, to get back to your question, the way that that can grow is through, like, making an organized effort. And I mean, like, I want to be careful what I say here because I know in Winnipeg there's, like, there's quite a few of these already. Um, and I know that there's also, like, some drama between them. Okay. So I'm not part of any of these, and I don't want to, like, say, you know, that I'm for or against anyone in particular. But there's a bunch of them, like, real love which, like, they do a summer festival, but they also are, like, they do concert promotion throughout the year. Right. They'll bring in touring bands and then pair them up with local bands or just mm. a bunch of local bands, stick them together, do a show, um, like, at the Goodwill and the Handsome Daughter and stuff. There's uh, Riel Underground is another one. Yep. Um, there's a few of these. And, like, to me, th those are good things. Like, people who are just saying, I'm going to volunteer my time not just to be a musician and, and book my own shows, but to, like, help foster the scene to to bring different musical acts together put them on a stage and promote it yeah like that is so important but i think winnipeg again because there's so many people and it's such a like everybody knows everybody and has beef with everybody yeah. like, there's a lot of drama yeah, yeah but that ends up like it ends up cannibalizing itself to some degree so i think it's mostly a positive it's like we also have to just i don't know like get along a little better um, cooperate like I don't know quite what the answer is why can't like... we be friends yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think there's one common goal is, is like and that's what this podcast is about is, is to create the awareness and create a better music scene in Winnipeg 
to really just like unearth all those hidden gems out there. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's good to like, I've heard of Real Love before. I wasn't really sure what they did beyond concert promotions, but knowing that they're yeah. teaming up local bands with touring bands is just That's one of the best things ever. There's, uh, there's an organization in Toronto like that too called Homesick, which does like all emo stuff. Like they pair, oh. they pair <laughs> touring emo bands with like local emo bands and they built like an incredible scene where yeah. there's like, there's like 20 brand new Toronto based emo bands in like the last five years. Oh yeah. And they all just like have like a party every single Friday night at Sneaky D's. And <laughs> like I really want to do something like that in Winnipeg. And it yeah. seems like it's kind of starting to, to happen. And Real Love kind of does that with a lot of this stuff, which is really nice. Yeah, I think it's also the Purple Room too. Oh yeah, the Purple Room, that's right. So they used to start off, they used to be localized in the Exchange District uh, when they had a big Purple Room to rent yeah, out for there. local shows. And that was the same uh, warehouse that I, my old band used to play in, mm. but just on the main floor. So I yeah. loved going there. Um, I think they're in between slow, uh, stations right now. Yeah, that's my understanding too. I, I feel like like Real Love does a good job of it in some ways because they put a lot of effort into it and they have a budget and whatever. It seems to me that it's it, it, it works well. Um, and they're just they're the biggest, I think. I think yeah, they're the biggest I think so. ones who do it. But to me it's like I don't know, I'm just spitballing here, but maybe like if if there's going to be lots of different organizations doing this like if they would go genre specific that would probably help because if you're like oh I love punk music and I always love the shows that this one group puts on then it like it, it kind of brands it and I think that would help fans connect more with yeah that's a good point because ultimately it's like if you if you're looking for something specific you just want to find it quickly and go yeah yeah um, I, I think that real like like things like real love do well for the bands like they do well by connecting these bands but I don't know how well they necessarily do for the fans. Like, do people who are not musicians and are not in the scene recognize that as a brand that they trust and, like, what makes them want to go to a show? I don't know. Like, I'm not saying yes or no, but I, I question that. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like if you segmented it by genre, maybe that would help. Be a jack-of-all-trades, master at none. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think that's, like, a really good idea you know because then yeah you, you'd get every single like scene or like individual you know Derek for example want to go to like a punk show on a certain night and be like okay well you know this particular punk organization is promoting this punk show at this venue like I want to go because yeah. I know it's going to be a bunch yeah. of really great yeah. punk bands yeah. folk indie anything like that country yeah yeah, yeah that'd be really cool yeah, yeah. and that country I think there actually is <laughs> like that one I feel like Winnipeg is a little better handle on but mm. yeah. um but then yeah because then you would you'd avoid You'd avoid drama of places trying to book the same bands all the time, you know, like the same band and then getting in arguments over that. That's interesting. I like yeah. that idea. I like that idea a lot, actually. Yeah, I don't know if there's a perfect solution, but I feel like we can, like, th good things are happening and it can be done even better. Yeah. Some fine tunings. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, that's that's kind of how you started out, right? Like, it's, it's somebody trying to find their way in that sort of way, and then eventually, you know, a better solution or, or, or you know, a, a better formula kind of comes about. So I like totally. it. I can dig it. I can really get behind that. Um, so, I don't know, just kind of like, what are, you, what, are you, what are you listening to lately that you're, like, really, really into other than the Americana stuff? Aside from Americana, um, I mean, I, like, I'm a huge, I know this is, like, a fierce debate with people like I'm a Spotify person versus a Apple music person okay and I love like my, my discover weekly on Spotify like it's just such they're a, really good both, yeah. both programs are really nice it's been amazing and I've, I've found like what's been what's been working really well for me is using that to find 
um, like pretty small time kind of blues and Americana bands uh, and even people who are like um, you know maybe a solo project from a band that I already listened to and all of a sudden I didn't even know that one of the band members had a solo project mm. those um, are always really great to find out about and, yeah and I was like man I've been doing like it just, this just happened to me the other day I'm gonna open my Spotify while we're talking because there was this um, there was there's this oh. band that I used to listen to called Sugar and the High Lows and uh, yeah. they're kind of a, a little bit of a like soul blues something like that and and then my Discover Weekly pulled up this um, this song from an artist I had never heard, and I found out afterwards that she's like one half of that duo. Amy Amy Stroop is her name. Okay. And she has this new track out called Magic, and it's like really kind of soul, like old school soul mixed with nice blues rock. I don't know. It's fantastic. It's a happy surprise. Yeah, and I've been listening to it for months, and I've, I googled her to see if she had anything else, and it's like, oh, member of Sugar in the High Lows. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome, yeah. I've, uh, I'm not really much of a, either either one of those programs, I, I tend to have end up like a lot of physical or like digital media that I like own myself, oh, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, use my own program, but whenever I do dabble in using either Apple Music or Spotify, I find that they're discover the discover weeklies are, are always amazing like yeah. you just when it when they finally figure out what your like broader taste is and they're just feeding you tracks it's like whoa i like this whoa i like this <laughs> like just, yeah totally yeah so I, I i mean that's really cool that, that somebody that both of these companies were able to able to independently develop awesome algorithms to find help people find music that is really attuned to their taste it's great yeah, absolutely because yeah. yeah, like how did we do it back in the day? You listen to the radio, like word of mouth, or two, and a lot of word of mouth, a lot of yeah. word of mouth. Yeah, because yeah. now I'm even discovering more and more and more music. Like I already had so much, and then it's just like all the bands and all the genres of music that I like. Now it's just getting wider and wider. Yeah, that yeah. that's why we need to do a online to stuff. Because you can't have yeah, like all this from one place. You have to do it all yeah. through some kind of streaming. Yeah. <sighs> Or you, yeah, Rob. Rob brings up a good point. Like back in the day, when you you'd go to like a record store, there'd be like the thing hanging on the wall. Oh, like the HMV. Yeah, with like oh, the yeah. four or five different CDs, and you'd go and put the cans yeah. on. And, and, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 not not into this at all. Well, I just like I'm pretty nostalgic for that time. It took me a long time to come around to using digital streaming mm -hmm. because for me, it started like I grew up not having internet at home, at like to a. An embarrassingly for an embarrassingly long time, like I only got internet in like 2010 or something. Oh. Um, but I remember like getting music magazines, reading the CD reviews, reading the album oh, wow. reviews, and then going. It's like the next time that my parents were like going to into Winnipeg, I would go to HB buy the record. Never heard it. Never heard a single song on it, but read the review. And like that was that was music discovery for me. That's actually something that I I, I have found um, you know being in, in the in the radio industry that's actually been still like really helpful. I'll get all these like PR whatevers from from different companies, mm -hmm. and they'll be like, okay, well here's everything that we're releasing this week, yeah. and like here's a small blurb. But the the most important and useful thing is the the recommend if you like at the mm -hmm. bottom where they're yeah. like. We recommend that you listen to this if you like these six bands. And it's right. like, I like every single one of those bands. I am absolutely going to like this track. Yeah. So then you bump it. And it's like, yeah, no, this is, this is incredible. So totally. I still find that that's still useful, right? So Yeah, that's that's absolutely it. I mean, and to me, like now these streaming services and like with Discover Weekly is essentially just like an automated version of that. Yeah, right? it's the same thing. Like, People who listen to this are also listening to that. You listen to that, yeah. so we're gonna feed it to you. Yeah, and it's like it's the same thing. It's a good idea. 
for me, it took me such a long time to get into streaming uh, audio because for the longest time, the quality that they would stream was just bad. Right? Oh, yeah. Like I'm such, yeah. I'm such an audio file, and if it's not if it's not coming th- through at at least three twenty, like I'm just not having it. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, when when they're only for the longest time, streaming stuff was only like one hundred and ninety six, and it's like, well. Right. I can I can't hear the hi hats right and it's all just kind of muddled and the snare sounds off so I can totally understand like why it took so long for that to get off the ground but right. now that everybody has such good Wi-Fi or data on their phone like constantly yeah. it's just so easy to have high quality music. I think anybody who subscribes to those things is that music goes directly off the phone, doesn't it? If you, yeah. If you subscribe to uh, Spotify, it goes directly on. Versus if you don't, yeah. Like, I don't. I don't. I don't subscribe to it. I yeah. use it, but I don't su- subscribe. Yeah. Like I took like I'm an old late bloomer on it too. Like I'm still rocking my iPod Classic, which is like 120 gigs, and that's what's called. <laughs> that that's thing like, is still like such a good thing. I can't believe that they discontinued it. I get that like streaming is like a thing, but for yeah. for people that like to have like the actual digital tracks, like why yeah. wouldn't like 120 gigs is the best possible? Oh yeah. Like it's so good. Yeah, I know lots of people who still have that, and even if they only use it for like listening in the car, it's like then their iPod lives in the car. Like that's yeah, 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 for me. I had that jam off of it. It's in the car. It's everywhere I go. I had a little iPod a while ago, and I ended up losing it. But I, I, it was a a really tiny little Nano had like hundred, two hundred songs on it. And I couldn't update it anymore. Yeah. So, so you, at the same five bands, to that, that amount of music, it wasn't really enough. Like, it was no. basically a gym. It was my it was my workout iPod at that point until someone stole it. Well, I mean, my my terabyte and a half hard drive at home is almost full. I'm gonna have to get another one. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah. just all that music. I think what got me into streaming was songs uh, back in the day. Yeah, songs. Because was it was the curated playlist that sold it for me. Because after yeah. before that. I was still buying my own albums. I would take a chance on like the yeah. random ones here and there to see what's new, but those pushed me into new artists. And then after that, yeah. I was hooked. Like yeah. I just I need the regular feed of new songs. I can't listen to the same bands. That like, yeah, same. Because when I first found songs before Spotify, it was discovering new, but it's also throwing me back to old. Yes, like you listen to like a '90s playlist, and all of a sudden, like all these like Gin Blossoms would come on. Like oh god, this band was used like in every '90s like teenage <laughs> movie. Like I forgot about these guys. Something like that happened to me like a, a couple of months ago. I was um, I was at the station. I was bumping a whole bunch of old old tracks off of a playlist, and all of a sudden, brand new came on. And I was like, "Whoa! <laughs> it's been like years since I listened to these guys. Why did I stop?" Like, you know, that's kind of that's kind of always the weird thing. Like, you're always listening to new stuff, and then you end up forgetting about an old thing that was like something that you really liked passionately for a short period of time, and then lost it. But then, hey, by the way, you still like it. <laughs> well, that's actually I have a question for you guys, building on that. This week, I was talking to some friends at work about this, and we kind of like realized that this is, seems to be like a really strong divide in music fandom. Whether you're the type of person who will, when you find a song that you love, listen to it on repeat, like literally on repeat, or whether it's like I'll listen to it a lot, but I like I need to save some for later. Like I don't want to yeah. get sick of it. Uh, a little bit of both, actually. Yeah, I'm in the really, middle. Yeah. I, I won't sit and listen to it on repeat right there. I might listen to it once or twice if I really like the song, but you can guarantee it's making it on my regular daily playlist. I'm going to listen right. to it at least twice a day for, like, the next couple of weeks. Yeah, totally. I mean, that to me, that's the other side. It's like either you're the person who will listen to it literally 12 times in a row, mm-hmm. or you're, like, every day, maybe twice a day, yeah. a couple times a day. Like, that's, that, <laughs> yeah. there's a dividing line. There. I think I'm on repeat for about four or five times, then I'll change it. Like, it's, it's, like, right when I either first download on Spotify or bought, buy it on iTunes. Like, the other day I bought, um, 
I kept hearing on the radio, and I needed to know who it was. It was a, a cover of While My Guitar Gently Weeps by Jeff Healy Band. Oh, okay, yeah. And, like, the guitar solos, you would love it, because they're very bluesy solos, like Stevie Ray Vaughan meets the Beatles. And yeah. I, I'm like, these guitar solos are so great. And I just, I listened to that song on repeat the other day for, like, four or five times. Huh. Yeah, and then and then, I'll, then I'll shift. I, uh, I have odd listening patterns. I pretty much just, like, try to listen to albums front to back. And that's all okay, I do. Yeah. <laughs> like that's I if I if I like something, I'll just be like, okay, I'm gonna listen to this album. And once I've done this album, then I'll move on to something else. If there's one yeah. song I like in that particular album, then I'll like listen to the album over and over again. Right. But I just I don't know. It, for me, it's just like a total package. I have a hard time listening to just like one song. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fair enough. So yeah. So I guess everybody's a little bit different. There's two sides. Like some some yeah. Like you get that one song that you will listen to repeat. Some you gotta listen to. You gotta hear the variety. I'll get that even if it's not if it's a song I've heard I've heard before or I'm really familiar with. Yeah. Where it's just like that mood, it gets me in the place I'm in during that time of month or right. time of year. Um Okay, there's one song actually that's <laughs> like that. I will I will I can listen to Africa by Toto. <laughs> anytime. <laughs> anytime. I mean, it's the greatest song I ever made. It's so, so good. <laughs> it's so good. My band actually did a cover of that. We used to play that show. Oh no way. And it was just like it it was so it pops like, the crowd. I don't know. It was poorly received. <laughs> why, why do why would people the wrong crowd obviously? It's probably the wrong crowd, yeah. You guys need to record that and send that my way. Okay. I'll, play it, I'll play it every single week on the radio without fail. <laughs> um, actually, I got a question. and um, we, we saw a group open up for you guys at the garage. They did something interesting we were talking about. And this question, if you guys ever do this, is do you ever take a song that's a cover and make it your own? Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, I mean, I've like a big part of what I do in my solo stuff is uh, for me it's not usually like pop songs like those, mm. those guys were doing like some killer like modern pop tunes yeah. and yeah. even like some like nice 90s throwbacks yeah like, Smash Mouth yeah I did all star yeah. I was just like that was a great cover and, they just <laughs> it and, and just kind of brought it down and they did like no diggity yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah they did a few fades so yeah um, so, but yeah, yeah. Like yours. for me it's like I, I do it more with uh, like old um, African American spirituals mm-hmm. and like old folk songs mm-hmm. Um, it's like I do a cover of uh, Where Did You Sleep Last Night like In the Pines by Lead Belly oh yeah uh, which like technically a cover my version obviously sounds nothing like it yeah um, I love to take stuff like that and just totally uh, morph it like find a completely different way to do it mm-hmm. but um, yeah even like with my other band with The Boy in the Sea last year we did a cover of Adele uh, send my love to your lover. I think okay. that's what it's called. Yeah, and uh, that went over really well because we just like totally turned it into something completely different. Like it was still pop, mm-hmm. it was still really accessible, and didn't change the melody, mm-hmm. but just going in a completely different direction. Yeah, and we had tons of people come along and say like, "This that I was awesome. I listen to this instead of the Adele one now. Like, yeah. this is better." <laughs> I actually I found a great like cover of Adele by um, it's called. Uh, uh, Smith and Myers was the name of the group, and they are actually they're they're the singer and guitar player of a band called Shine Down. Oh, and they, okay. they did a cover of um, "Someone Like You" by Adele, but made it their own. And it's just like wow. Oh, yeah. And I've actually found there's a lot of people in the in the rock industry who have this big respect for Adele. Like I've seen guys from metal bands actually go and take pictures front row at an Adele show. She has an incredible voice. Yes, she does. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, I love hearing people do covers of artists like that and. 
kind of bring it to the different genres if, like, if you take it to the blues side, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, and that's like, I I've, I was just having this conversation with the guys in my band because we, we, we're working on, an, we just finished recording a new single actually yesterday. Nice. Nice. Um, which will be our next single. And we were just, we were really happy with it because we were like, this song, like it's a rock song uh, and it's like, you know, electric guitars, whatever, full band. It's got lots of production on it. But we are like, you could actually just play just an acoustic guitar and vocals and it would take nothing away from the song. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it sounds good just like that. And it was like, man, I feel like any good song, regardless of genre, you should A, be able to do that, and B, be able to turn it into a different genre. Yeah. Like you should be able to play a country version of that song. Yeah. That's still great. Or a reggae version. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a soft spot for reggae covers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what? too. I don't know. I don't know where that came from. For me, <laughs> I figured it, it out. It was, it was, for me, it was rancid. Oh yeah, yeah. Didn't uh, Tim Armstrong's big on reggae? Yeah, he yeah he loves it. I mean, obviously, right? Like he was Tim Armstrong. Yeah. yeah. I don't know Rancid at all, but I know Tim Armstrong. Yeah, he's big on reggae. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, because like if you listen to like his side project, right? Like uh, Tim and the Time Bombs. That's that's all like that too. And the Transplants has got a really heavy reggae influence as yeah. well. And I mean, he was obviously in Op Ivy, right? Which is like the grandfather of all modern third wave ska bands so okay. yeah. yeah it's huh. yeah he's uh he he loves reggae he's yeah. real big into it so that's uh yeah reggae covers are just are just awesome it's yeah. such a soothing genre right yeah. like zionist dub is just like yeah it's just chill yeah yeah reggae and ska i went through a pretty strong phase reggae and ska <laughs> nice. i gotta say like there's those bands yeah, that would ska. do covers of like i don't know hotel california or so just random like yeah, God, I can't remember, but one of the Gold Eyes players, like a number of years ago, used to come out to a Revolution song, and I was like, "Oh, that's amazing!" Like <laughs> that guy coming out and on a baseball team full of like hip hop and country coming out to like Nightcrawler by Revolution, which is like the biggest like <laughs> reggae dub song I've heard in a long time. It's just wow. it's awesome. So, I got a question. I think it's something we kind of ask each other almost every episode. Is, is a hot dog a sandwich? Is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> is, is one. And two, um, your, your favorite venues to play? Favorite venues to play? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, I love playing the Windsor. Yeah, that was one, yeah. Um, that one, I, it's there's something magical about it. It's the right size. They've got actually a rock, a rock and sound system. It's yeah. really, really solid. Um, aside from that, um, I've had good experiences playing at the park theater um that one is that one is good for me mm-hmm. for for being a larger venue it still feels intimate yeah and it still feels um it feels good from the stage and uh i mean it was built for movie design so the acoustics in there are very nice like yeah like I've, I've, it's no matter where you're sitting in that theater or standing in that theater like you're experiencing the 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 music the way that the artist intends it because it just it all yeah. flows so well absolutely yeah i mean i don't know like i i'm making this up right now and it's gonna sound really cliche but i think like at the end of the day the best venue to play is the one where your fans are and like the ones mm. where people love you because like even a, a place that sounds terrible your monitor mix is bad maybe you don't even have monitors <laughs> yeah <laughs> like everything feels like garbage yeah. i mean like garage no, like no hate on them at all mm-hmm. but they've got like kind of a crappy sound system and uh, like we were there and one of the guys guitars broke down yeah. and I, I needed to play the whole thing on acoustic and it was like man this is not being set up for success <laughs> but it was a killer show like it was so yeah. much fun it felt like on the stage so for me it's like that was one of the most fun times I've had on stage 
Um, but yeah, I think the Windsor and the Park, I haven't played every venue in the city, but those are the ones that have always felt really good to me. I haven't played at either one of those. Playing at uh, the Park would be amazing, though. I, I, I've never played... Oh, sorry, I think I have actually played my own solo set there. I've been there a couple times for like... Um, like I don't know if you know the Witch Police uh, big mix-up yeah. that they did. Yeah, Sam's a good friend of mine, so... Yeah, I was thinking, especially if you like reggae. <laughs> you know Sam? <laughs> well, I've worked together with him, right? So oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Like, well, I guess there's two, there's two questions to it. Your, your favorite venue to play, your favorite venue to see a band at. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think for, for watching, like, uh, is a completely different thing. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, to, to see a band... Uh, the Burt is always fun, but it's not. But like sometimes there's a band that just doesn't fit there. No, I agree. So in, in the right situation, the Burt is a magical place. Mm -hmm. Um, and then maybe on a smaller scale, uh, oh man, I don't know. That's tough. I feel like the park is good for both. I like the park. Yeah, I, I agree. I've seen some really great sets at the park where it felt nice and intimate, mm -hmm. and uh, it feels smaller than it is. Like, it doesn't, when you're there, it doesn't feel like there's 600 people around you. Mm -hmm. I think that's their capacity, five or six. That sounds yeah, something right. like that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like maybe 200, nice and intimate. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I going to say about that? I've seen shows that from the solo acoustic show to Metal Fest, I think it was last year or the year before that, and every show, doesn't matter what they do, they just seem to just nail the acoustics yeah. on that place, so totally. I, I agree. At the park, yeah. At the park, great. Just, it whoever, always sounds whoever good. Their, whoever their, uh, their tech is is really, really awesome. Like, he does yeah. a good job. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to backtrack slightly and say that I think, like, of, my, if, of say, maybe, like, the top ten shows I've ever seen, like, mm -hmm. probably half of them were at the Garrick. Yo, oh, yeah. but the Garrett can also be really bad. Yeah, <laughs> so I think it's just polarizing. Yeah, and I think it's like you said about the Burt. I think the band has to fit the venue. Yeah, and if yeah. the band doesn't fit the venue, then watching a hardcore show at the Garrick is the worst thing because the, the the floor is so sloped. Yeah. And as soon as, <laughs> as soon as dorks try and start to hardcore dance and in on the floor at the Garrick, it just ruins everything. It's yeah. so bad. Totally. <laughs> and I, I remember my first ever concert that I went to, like uh, anywhere was at the Garrick and it was Jet. Like Oh wow. yeah. Wow. And that was uh that was like that was my first real legit show that I like drove myself to and like what what as as like a sixteen year old. And that was killer. Yeah, it but was it was incredible. It was before they renoed it, so the sound system wasn't great and I think their capacity was higher. Like they they were somehow allowed or nobody cared. They just shoved more people in there. Yeah and just kinda of go up the time Sorry folks. Recording difficulties, and now back to regularly scheduled programming. Uh, any, is there any upcoming shows? Any uh, dates to point out? No, no confirmed shows at the moment. We yeah. just uh, applied for our festival season, and we're heading into the recording studio shortly, so we're not doing shows for a bit. Okay. But yeah, we've got a single coming out soon, so, so and that's so, what I, I'll probably send to you because we just finished recording it yesterday. Yeah, we get that copy on there. We'll definitely get it on this episode. Cool. Okay. So. Uh, Derek, any shows you, you want to promote? Anything coming up? Just Festival. Festival, yeah, yeah. that's true. See Bright Righteous there. Dust Runner, there's a whole bunch. I saw Sturgeon Link around there too. Oh, yeah. Rory and the Ruckus. 
then Royal Canoe's got that show Royal. that's happening just outside the festival. It's not actually part of the event, yeah. but yeah, that's right. Yeah. But that I think that one sold out in like a couple of minutes. Did you get tickets? No, I didn't. Now oh. I'm super choked. <laughs> we got tickets. You and Adam need to get tickets for that. It'll be a good yeah. show. Yeah. Um, I there's a couple stuff that I'm I'm definitely recommending that people go to. Uh, Greg Rackus and Screaming at Traffic are playing on the 28th of February at the Windsor. Nice. Uh, along with uh, Inside Job and uh, Trampoline, which should be really, really good. And then uh, on the 31st of March, so I guess we'll end up talking about it before then, but I still I still want to plug it now so people can get in on it. Uh, Winnipeg's first emo night with uh, Boys Club, Sitcom, Fox Lake, and Sawyer uh, is at the new club St. B on the 31st of March. So... Are you, you ready to spiel that out loud again? <laughs> oh, were we not like, recording? No, we're good. <laughs> oh, we're <okay. laughs> yeah, so LGT, thank you for coming out today. Yeah, this thanks was, for having me. This is a true honor, our very first interview for the episode number three. Um, hopefully we'll get you out here again around the time you're finished up recording, getting ready to go back on tour, talk about some upcoming shows. Yeah, totally. Right on, man. We'll All right, thanks for, thanks for coming on. Appreciate yeah. it. Super right. appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Stay frosty. Peace. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode. I'd like to sound out a big thank you to LDT for coming on to the show, spending some time with us, and for letting us share this amazing song with all of you. I'll post links to the song on Apple Music as well as all the contact info in the episode description. Now from his 2014 album Comforts, this is In the Pines by Luke Jacob. Enjoy.
the pines, the pines where the sun don't ever shine. I would shiver the Oh.